to the Behind the Music Business podcast with me, Danny Champion, my music industry podcast where I talk to a whole host of different people about their roles in the music industry, about how they got there, about what they do on a day-to-day basis and what motivates them. This episode is my first two-part episode with music supervisor Matt Biffer. Uh, We spoke over Zoom, like is the case for most conversations these days. about everything music supervision for film and television. We talked about how the current situation with the coronavirus and lockdown impacted uh, film and therefore impacted what he does. We talked about some of his specific credits on Netflix shows like Sex Education and The End of the Fucking World, along with a bunch of the films that he's worked on in the past, including things like Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. We also talked about his process as a music supervisor and where he thinks and where he sees things going for this area of the business. It was an amazing conversation. Really, really, really appreciate Matt giving up his time. And as I said, we talked for too long, um, which isn't a bad thing. So I've separated this out into two 40-minute conversations You'll be able to listen to them both straight away. It's not like you have to wait around or anything. But for now, here is the first half of my conversation with Matt Biffer. Because films and and TV shows all, all shut down and things like that, how yeah. was how was that for yourself and, and the teams that you're involved with, basically having everything that you're working with just grinding to a halt? Well, some things grind to a halt. Some things, like I May Destroy You, we, we, oh. Are you, sorry, are you, am I on delay? Are you talking? No, you're all good. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, so some things ground to a halt, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, some things, you know, like we, we, we were halfway through. I don't think we were even halfway through I May Destroy You right. when this hit. And then we, uh, it, you know, we, we, we did what, what you and I are doing right now. You know, we just Zoomed. And, you know, so we, you know, uh, everybody would come on the call, uh, somebody would host it, uh, we'd sort of run, sort of run through all the, all the scenes, chat about it, and then go away, and then we'd sort of send, send sort of music, mm-hmm. uh, Kira and I, um, and, you know, and it, and you know what, it worked, you know, I mean, you know, and in fact, we've literally just finished now episodes 11 and uh 11 and 12 right normally no, normally we would finish all you know i mean whatever it is sort of you know normally it's eight episodes in this case it's 12 episodes normally we would finish everything in in one go right and the whole damn thing would be delivered because this was coming out on the bbc and on all this kind of stuff we had to deliver um 
you know, sort of episodes one and two at a certain time, which meant that actually there was no way we could deliver 11 and 12 without it already being on air. Do you know mm. what I mean? So, you know, I mean, it was a bit, it was a bit weird. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of, I, I think a few of us became gradually more feral as with each <laughs> week going on with the Zoom. But, you know, like, I mean, you can see my hair, but, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, it, it was it was early in lockdown when people were, were still a bit sort of like, oh, you know. Um, but it worked, you know, and then obviously every, yeah, and then everything else did close down. And then a lot of stuff like sex education, which was supposed to be shooting end of April. Right. You know, just that it was like, right, okay, how are we, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. Netflix obviously are really keen that it that it that it happens. Um, so with that in mind, they've worked out a way to shoot it end of August. Now. Okay. So uh, you know, so and that and that's going to be interesting actually because I, you know, and then I've had a couple of other things that I've been working on, and that's just been creative work really and admin and me and you know, so I work with you know sort of Kira um, who. Uh, I mean, it feels a bit wrong to call her my assistant now because she's sort of like very much a supervisor in her own right. Mm -hmm. On that basis now, I sort of feel like I've sort of created a sort of a, a monster because now, I, I mean, it's brilliant because now, you know, she's she's sort of doing interviews with the New York Times and Billboard and Music Week about yeah, I May yeah. Destroy You. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so Kira and I are, are, are a team and then we've got Emma who who is our sort of admin genius. Right. So, you know, we just basically, we just catch up all the time on Zoom. Um, and uh, so, you know, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's it's been it's been all right, actually. I think the, the what's the challenge is going to be, I think, when stuff like sex education comes back on online and we really start trying to nail that down, because the thing about that show is, is that, um, is that uh, it's part of it is sitting in the edit suite, having these ridiculous conversations about scissoring, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. or whatever it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and sort of running through, and you know, right, okay, you know, we've got this and everything like that, mm -hmm. and. You know, and it, and so that 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 feels to me like it's always been quite a you know what what you would call I guess like a physical job, you know that you know it's sort of quite dependent on being you know there's there, there's three editors there there were three directors I think we've got two directors this this time round right um, and so you know and. Uh, the way I always describe it is it is a shit fight, you know, between all of us, you know, and without uh, and so the process itself is is quite unique with that. So I'll be interested to sort of see whether it's whether it sort of suffers from not from not having that. Okay. Because the thing is, is that, you know, is that you sort of is that um you know the the you know we we you know like the, the thing about sex ed is that is that you need all the different 
elements you need the, each of the editors brings a very specific thing to that show right um that for example i'm too much of a fucking snob to to sort of go to to think about or introduce certain songs into that show but we've got an editor who like does that like all day long like that's his thing and that element of it you know is really important okay and it wouldn't it wouldn't happen without without him bringing it in Do, you, you know yeah, yeah. Likewise, so, you know yeah i was just gonna say so so you're saying that the from your perspective there from a musical perspective there are certain things that you wouldn't ever kind of bring to the table but because of the 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 nature of the relationship that you have with the other people in the creative team the editors etc etc that there are there is music coming in from other areas it's not just all funneled through you a hundred percent and that and that is and that is the beauty of it yeah um you know we we supply I mean, I remember when we did season one, I sent I sent the editors a playlist of about 740 songs. Wow. And one of them rang me up and was a little bit like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with all this? Like, how am I supposed to... It was a little bit like, how am I supposed to find the time to go through all this stuff? And that yeah. is, you know, and thinking back, actually, that that's a fair point. You know, like, nobody has the time to run through 740 songs let alone 740 of like you know the deepest 80s cuts you know like like there was no you know there wasn't even any fucking cocteau twins in it it was it was it was sort of that deep do you know (laughs) what i mean it was sort of like it was it was like it was like really obscure husker do b-sides you know yeah. yeah we go back to that first season of sex education that that 750 yeah. songs that was that that yeah the, the processes involved was you sat down in a creative meeting worked out briefs and things like that and then you were just left to go go forth and listen to music and you came up with 750 tracks or was there more was that something that was kind of a week to week thing that you were forever topping it up with so at the beginning, so you, you, we, we sort of need to go back to the beginning, which was which was a meet, which was a meeting with eleven films and Ben Taylor, the right. director, and little Johnny Jennings, who I think is about six foot four. So obviously I call him Little Johnny Jennings, um, uh, the the producer, mm-hmm. in which they sort of said. Uh, we loved the end of the fucking world. We loved the fact that it that there was this sort of very ambiguous world that was sort of created, and we would like you to do that that kind of thing yeah. for us. Um, and uh, because what what had happened was, I, and I, 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 I now I've having been in lockdown for a while, I've now done a few things with Ben panels and you know all this kind of stuff and so I now know the story of, of that basically Ben Taylor and Laurie Nunn sold the show to Netflix entirely predicated on you know it is like a 
a love letter to John Hughes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is very, very stylized, very, very bright. And it has to be all those things because uh-huh. if it isn't, you will just feel like you're being preached at and you will be as bored as fuck, yeah. you know? So that, so that was, that was that. I actually, I, I do remember when I first started sex education, I was a little bit sort of, I was, a, I was, it took me a while to actually find my mojo, if you know what I mean, because I was a little bit like, well, I've done this on the end of the fucking world without really knowing what I was doing on the end of the fucking world. Okay. Because we didn't like so when when we did when we did that that show. You know, as far as everybody was, con- you know, we we all thought that basically like the Guardian would love it and nine people would watch it on on all four or something, and right. those nine people would love it, right? And that, and then and then of course it came out on Netflix, and everybody went you know in insane for it, yeah, yeah. but you know. Uh, we, you know, there, there there wasn't there wasn't really like much of a sort of big conceptual thing about about that. It just sort of happened that way, mm-hmm. you know, because we didn't have very much money. So actually, the, the the reason why there's a lot of songs in there that like you know you've never heard is because basically you know that that that's kind of what we could afford. Yeah, you know. And then, and then it just so, and it was just this perfect thing of like, it works, it works way better than, than we ever would have thought, you know, because like, you know, like you can see sometimes, particularly with like UK films, mm-hmm. like, I, you know this, you know, like you watch a UK film and you can sort of see, oh, they had a really shit budget, you know, <laughs> because it's full of like, because it's full of like, sort of like the great unrecouped and really lower level sort of you know contemporary artists and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff or artists of the last five years and you just know yeah they had fuck all to spend but then that um, often means that you're you're thinking that little bit more laterally about the project yeah well in this case we kind of were but without knowing that we were if you know what i mean it was right. just really it was super i i can't even describe it to you it was just a lovely a lovely process where it was it was just so good and everybody had such a good time doing it i'm sure there were probably you know uh uh sort of you know disagreements along along the way but not really musically right you know i mean you know and we had graham coxon came on he hadn't done episodic tv you know but you know actually was like such a good decision for that show i can't even say it. so anyway i'm digressing um so i was sort of a little bit like oh fucking hell well how do i you know i'm not sure i can sort of you know put the genie in the bottle again if you know what i mean right so uh but you know there was the john hughes thing you know blah blah so i sort of started with the 80s but of course being a music supervisor snob, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, I didn't go to, you know, there was no Frankie Goes to Hollywood or, you know, uh, Go West or, you know, anything, anything that was popular in the 80s. I went super deep, you know, that playlist is still about, you know, and I think is still in the, you know, in the sort of the sex education editorial bin do you know what i mean 
Well, it's, um, it's, it's always an asset, isn't it? It's that it doesn't just yeah, yeah, yeah. You stop know, so, existing. So no, no, no. So and then and then really, I mean, I remember Steve Ackroyd, who was the editor, was doing episode one, and he sort of started asking about Billy Idol, you know, dancing with myself for you know quite you know a sort of a, a scene where Otis tries and fails to pleasure himself and you know with this show scene descriptions are such a problem I can't even <laughs> I can't even tell I you bet. how many how you many know. conversations have you had with rights owners where you've really had to sell the idea so that you could get the clearance from from the song season one all the time virtually every everything <laughs> everything ended up being a phone call and also we got turned down we got turned down a lot i mean a lot a lot a lot right. you know because because people were just sort of like this just this just seems like it's just just porn do you know what i mean did that happen and for season had, two no did I mean, you go back no. to a lot of those people that turned you down for season one and said, look, it's this? I, I, I did. But also, weirdly, we went back to... We, there, there was another... There was one artist that turned us down in season one that we tried to clear uh, another song of hers again, and she still fucking denied us. So it's just <laughs> oh, sort well. of like, you know, yeah. Oh, well. uh, you know, OK, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but I remember sort of thinking... I remember very clearly that that sort of Billy Idol thing that that was like right okay yeah of course like it does like it needs that and that's what I mean about for me that would have been if it had just been me in my sort of in my little you know uh high fidelity uh world mm -hmm. uh I would never have gone down that road but then uh but it, it was absolutely it what 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 the show needed. Right. Then, but then you know then, then there are other areas where like so another editor he you know he does go for quite obscure stuff and everything like that. So so we can sort of flex our muscles a bit there, um, and you know so it sort of turned out that yes there's a bit of eighties but yeah you know there is some sort of like. Louis Armstrong and then there's some soul and you know there's a bit of parliament in there or you know and now in season three we uh you know in in season three we're trying to sort of push it even further you know we've got Ezra Furman Ezra Furman was on board right from that first meeting that I had with Ben and and, and Eleven okay um so as you know, so so we've got Ezra as well, which you know who is who is incredible, um, uh, and you know we're just sort of looking. At, you know we're now sort of like what 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 we're sort of planning to do uh, for this season, without me giving too much away, is what Ben would say is that let's you know let's start asking out, you know the best looking boys and girls. And seeing if they tell us to fuck off or not, you know. <laughs> so you're going because, for the big hitters now. Well, you know, I mean, I think I, I, I think it sort of feels like that. You know, maybe you know, with a well-judged letter from Laurie. You know, because I think actually now, 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 you know, people do understand the the, the agenda, and it's such a, 
The show is so loved by teenagers. It's a great, it's a great show. cast is so extraordinary and the scripts are so well written i remember watching the assemblies for season for season two you know and and just sort of thinking oh my god they're making it look so easy you know it's like season two of the end of the fucking world was actually quite difficult right you know because i think i i think i think there was a little bit of like how do we do this same again like how do we do the same thing again do we just sort of like whack loads of doom up in there and and you know and actually we realized that we couldn't so um and there was a lot of sort of thinking um uh where, you know whereas with this it just sort of weirdly season two just sort of seemed to happen much easier actually yeah. it was sort of a little bit like how the end of the fucking world was you know um because i think everybody knew what it was and they, yeah, but I remember seeing, like, even, like, the, the first day of, of of assemblies and just going, like, oh, my God, like, they're all on fire, you know. And so do, it's you, just... do you, are you ever kind of there whilst they're filming at all? Or do you all, do you just wait for visuals to be sent to you as and when they're ready? Uh, I'm no, I'm, I'm generally, I generally get for, for that show. I get sent the assemblies. Um, uh, I am that I would be there if there was sort of like on camera, you know, sort of live, not live singing, but you know, if, if, uh, a cast singing pre records yeah. yeah, all that, that kind of stuff. Uh, although I wasn't there for what was there in season one, uh, Love Really Hurts Without You. Um, yeah. uh, there was two, basically, I didn't have the time to be there because I was like massively trying to catch up with, you know, getting the clearances done yeah, for the yeah. first sort of three episodes. Um, so Ollie Julian, the uh, composer, was there okay. and, you know, they, they knocked out. I mean, he had to be there because, you know, the song that they were originally going to do got, you know, hadn't, hadn't approved oh, right. uh, <laughs> on the day of shooting. So we had to... There was a quick redo. There was a quick literally in in like in the back room on set like wow uh, i think you know into it you know a pre-record into his laptop and that <laughs> was and that was the backing track amazing it's always good to have I someone mean, I'm on, on, sure, on set to do that jesus that would have been i'm special. sure my name was taken in vain i'm sure i was cursed out <laughs> a lot um, on that day you know I, I, and then of course what happened was was that they shot it and then the day after they shot it, and I didn't even tell tell Ben Taylor this until about a safe time afterwards, like eight months afterwards, that the song that they wanted to do cleared. Always, always the Came way. Back yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to get know. I want to get in a little bit more into the nitty gritty of your processes, but very very yeah. quickly, whilst we're kind of on the the, the discussion of of working on on these on these shows, you've done quite a lot recently take tv uh especially yeah. netflix focused stuff even though there's yeah. been some channel four and some bbc stuff and you've obviously done a bunch of films as well mm -hmm. 
Do you have a preference yeah. between the two? And what about each of them? You know, what differentiates working on something that's episodic and eight to 12 episodes long versus something where you've got two hours? So um, I think what, what I've realized now is that film, film is, a, is a bit more relaxed because okay. it's a longer, it's a, you know, you've got a, a longer editing time right. or whatever. Uh, and so, you know, for example, I'm doing a film right now uh, and, you know, like they've, you know, they've just started ed editing it again. But I mean, I think the mix on that is in October. Okay. You know, so I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, and I say, you know, and, and that will come around quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. But you know, with, 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 with TV, you know, it's sort of like with TV, it gets really, it gets really, really compressed the further you get on into it. So like, well, especially you know, when got, you're still working on episodes when the first ones are out. Yeah. That's a really yeah, yeah, tight window of, of working. <laughs> Yes, I mean, I remember, I remember very clearly with Sex with Sex Ed season two, um, sort of thinking it's September now, and uh, I've got four episodes left of Sex Education, which will be mixed by something like say November the thirteenth, right. and I don't know any of the music that is in three of those episodes. Right. Yeah. You know? Does that keep you up? At uh, night? And. Yeah, a little bit, Cause, you know, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, a yeah, yeah, a, a little bit, and you know, but yes, yeah, so that, yeah, I mean, it is uh, doing TV is high is definitely high pressure, for sure, but, I mean, I have to say that uh, that I think the TV scripts that I read against the film scripts that I read, the quality of the TV is just unbelievable right you know i mean you look at jiri hadji you look at i may destroy you you know i mean those two alone are just like off the charts in terms of like you know just yeah. unbelievable writing is that do you think that's because more and more writers are really relishing this opportunity to to flesh the idea out over the course of six to nine hours rather than having to cram it all into 90 minutes two hours yeah i think that do you know what I've, I've never really thought about it other than you know just like obviously the best people work for tv <laughs> it helps that the budgets are actually think going up as well. about it you're probably yeah 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 you know and i i think you're probably onto something there that i think actually well you know but then again sometimes you have too much time yeah. to sort of develop stuff. And then stuff can actually get flabby. You know, you kind of lose the spark of whatever it is halfway through. Yeah, you go, you know, you go too far you see, the you know, other you way. Very often, yeah, and you, you, you very often have different directors for like the, the, the you know, some of the episodes and, yep. you know, they, they've got different, ideas you know all this kind of stuff so i mean they are yeah they, they are different beasts they're, they're stressful in their own way T tv definitely i mean you can see i've got you know my hair's gone completely completely white i'm sure that's the stress of tv that's sort of done <laughs> that 
you know. I was just I was having a look at at the credits over the past twenty odd years. Yeah, twenty odd years. Yeah, there's some fun stuff in there. Are there any are there any ones that stand out for you over and above others? I mean there's some I mean, there's some bad stuff in there as well. well. Let's, let's think of the positive, shall we? Are, are there certain projects yeah. that you really look back on with a fondness? And, yeah. and what about them really kind of you know, strikes in the memory? Is, is, it, is it the team that you were working on, the quality of the script that you were working with? The fact that do you think you just nailed the, the music for it? I mean, I, I mean, I can, I can spin through some of this, but like, for example, I loved, I loved doing whatever happened to Harold Smith, right? Because you know, because it was my like, it was like my first proper film. I'd done one film before that, right? Um, and all of a sudden, I was doing, and then, and, and then I was doing this other film. I loved Peter Hewitt, the director. The producer was a guy called David Brown, who was just lovely. And David had just done, uh, oh, uh, ep- you know, whatever, like episode one of Star Wars, whatever, okay. whatever that was called. Fantastic. Right? So, we don't think we don't talk yeah, yeah, about those. Yeah, ones. yeah, or, or, or whatever it was. Yeah, so, so but, <laughs> but, anyway, but he had produced those. So, right. you know, so he obviously was kosher, you know. And then I remember sort of seeing a very early cut of this and seeing like the universal sort of emblem, uh, you know, or sort of logo at the front of it and thinking, holy shit, like it's a, it's a proper film. And Tom Courtney was in it. And I, you know, like, so I was, you know, I was young. I was like really idealistic. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't quite know what I was doing. So, uh, you know, I, I made some really bad mistakes that I did manage to sort of reverse <laughs> and then never ever made those mistakes again. But I also did manage to like clear, you know, I did clear like Anarchy in the UK and Night Fever for like, like not bad money. I mean, good money, even yeah, yeah. even on t- in today's market, you know, I think I cleared Night Fever for 17 and a half grand a side. Okay. Which, uh, you know, which was 19, uh, I want to say, I want to say 1994, 1995, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, and I cleared Anarchy in the UK for, uh, I think, 15 aside. Right. I, I'm, I'm not sure you'd clear Anarchy in the UK for for a film now for anything like that you know i mean i, I don't it, know i guess but... it depends on the film as well it's one one thing that i was always very aware of uh especially at my time at pier was yeah. talking to music supervisors on for, for film and tv was very very different than talking to music supervisors for advertising the whole mm. the whole conversation that you're having is very very different um and also the money can be very very different as well i remember clearing you know we had the donovan catalog and so i remember clearing donovan stuff for for mainstream hollywood movies for for quite high budgets but then also working on very very small micro budget uk films on the same track yeah and and donovan was more than happy for the music to be used for completely different fees so i think it's because it's it's you know it's art and creativity in a very different way. It's not marketing. There's lots of yeah. there's lots of things going on in the background.
I loved doing Snatch. Again, yeah. I was young. Um, I, that was a very, very, very steep learning curve in terms of sort of like working with someone like Guy Ritchie, um, uh, you know, and Matt, and Matt Vaughan. Are you working um, really, really closely with those two guys directly when you're working on a project like that? Or are you going through intermediaries and things like that? I think I would go and have like meetings with Guy and then we'd and then we would sort of send CDs and stuff like that. But I think we mostly dealt with my, the, the most of the day to day was, was Michael Dreyer, who was who was the line producer okay. for that. Is that still the case on, on big projects like that, that you're you as a music supervisor are not necessarily in direct contact with? the director you are talking with someone in, in the team uh like with afterlife we're generally we're generally our day-to-day is with charlie the producer so we don't you know and and he will forward emails from ricky yeah so so we don't so we don't really like i've met ricky once and you know and sort of spoken to him and stuff like that and we've done two seasons of, yeah, of, yeah. of Afterlife. So, you know, I mean, but I mean, yes, yes, I was sort of, I mean, I, I used to go around to Guy Ritchie's house, you know, and, and listen to, listen to stuff, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, you know, again, it was, it was sort of like a different time. And, you know, I was like young and like dead enthusiastic and mm. I only lived around the corner and, you know, um, I loved, I really enjoyed doing uh, Biggie and Tupac for Nick Brumfield. Okay. Nick is amazing. Um, and oh, I just fucking loved that film. You know, um, you know, I mean, it was really, it was really difficult, obviously, because, you know, you're clearing a lot of hip hop and yep. it was a documentary. So there was, you know, no, you know, no money really to speak of. Yeah. Um, Spinning four, so, and I, I yeah, so and I and I and again, I really liked working on the Eileen Warnos film, Life and Death of a Serial Killer. Okay, loved, I loved that. Spinning forward a bit, again a documentary, The Crash Reel. I loved, um, which I which I did for Lucy Walker. Is and this, I met Lucy. Is, yeah. is, is this all? When when you say you love these projects, is it because of the team? That you're in yes. and, and the vision that they've got or is it because of the work that you are putting into it you know the music that you are finding both and things like that yeah both okay both but, but both i think because you know you, you know so, so, so sometimes you work with really lovely people and then you know and the end result is for whatever reason just doesn't quite sort of get there right you know um but uh you know that the crash reel there's some absolute there's some absolute corkers in there you know yeah. uh and 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 the great thing about lucy walker as a director um which i really which i you know which is sort of like a double-edged sword is that she wouldn't take no for an answer right so i think we got turned we got turned by down by somebody like grizzly bear or something i don't even know why they turned us down right uh, probably because the money was shit, actually, you know. Um, but, it's normally a good place you know, to start. 
but Lucy actually, uh, Lucy actually sort of, you know, sort of tweeted one of them and then sort of got in that way and then sort of made it happen. And actually, I have subsequently actually managed to clear quite a lot of stuff by going through Twitter. Okay. Where where, where I've sort of yeah. Where sometimes where sometimes I've just, you know I've sort of hit a brick wall or something like that. Or we're not hearing. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you've got a, a, a clearance out and you're just not hearing anything, and everybody's going like, well, you know, what's going on? Why aren't they? Why aren't they answering? I, you know, I don't know. They might have been barley. You know, like they might be like on a fishing trip, like in the middle of Wyoming with like yeah. no internet. Do you know what I mean? They might just hate you. You know, <laughs> they might. You know, uh, you know, they they might just really not like your previous work. Who who knows? You know, does does, um, does that come into the conversations that you're having? That you you go back to the people and say, this track is you know, is from the States and there's four different publishers involved. So it's probably going to take some time. So let's think of something different. Are you having those conversations fairly regularly or is it just, yeah. kind of, no, we want this. Always. And when we'll just wait, wait and hit and hope. Uh, I've been doing this long enough to know that, it, that, that, um, that if you take the latter approach, you just end up with an ulcer <laughs> and you know and i don't want and i and i don't want that kind of stress anymore no. do you know what i mean no. so i would much i would I, you know i would much rather have you know look you know it just we you know we, we we have it all like sex education is the big one where basically like we we have it all the time where everybody's pinning their hopes on one song mm-hmm. but you know you just don't know until you get the approval back you just don't know whether it's going to come back clear you don't know whether, you know, like somebody is like deeply religious or, yeah. you know, what, you know, or they just, or they just like violently dislike the show or, you know, they were turned down by one of the actresses or, do you know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of things. So, yeah. so until you get that final approval, particularly with that show, you know, like I, I always try and have um, a plan a plan B in place, and there are some, and there are some times where you, you know, you'll you'll look at an assembly and you immediately fire off an email saying, "Prince must be taken out <laughs> at all costs." Yeah, okay. There are certain tracks that you just know. Nope. You can't have you you can't have all the exec all the executive uh, you know the executive producers sort of seeing a scene that is like flawlessly cut to this incredible Prince song. And going like, yeah, we're we're going for Prince. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, no, we're not. I remember, I remember doing a getting being contacted by an ad agency for an advert, and they were asking about an Edith Piaf track from yeah. from Pier. And the the original idea that they had was it was going to be a composed project. Yeah. So they had a modest budget. But the yeah. editor to get the the the, the style right because they wanted a waltz style track um, used mm-hmm. "Non Je Ne Regret Rien" by Edith Piaf, the biggest yeah. French copyright in existence. And of said, course, yeah. Just out of interest, what would this be for? I think it was like Europe wide, and yeah, I basically yeah. added two zeros onto their, of onto course, their, <laughs> and they're oh okay, 
But they, yeah. but then, but by that point, the the client had heard it. And they went, no, that's the one we want. So that was a fun one. Yes, right. Yeah. Well, exactly. So you know, and that that's why we have to avoid that yeah. that situation like the plague. You know, so so uh, you know because there is all you know. I mean, you know, and we and we did have it go again. Sex education season one. You know. We had it with, you know, there's 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 de there's a Devo cover version of Satisfaction in there, right? You know, and we, we couldn't, we you know, we, we couldn't replace it. Yeah. We tried to replace it, but we couldn't replace it. So so I, you know, I had to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's the end of the first half. Now all you need to do is hit part two and crack on. Cheers.